report in. Red 10 standing by. Red 9 standing by. Red 3 standing by. Red 6 standing by. Red 9 standing by. You're listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast. Laugh it up, fuzzball. Your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. This is it. He laser clickers. Welcome to the Iron Cannon Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Stephen, and I'm joined by my friends and co-hosts, Tom and William. Today, we're here to discuss part four, also known as episode four, of the limited series, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Tom, tell us about that episode. Well, this episode, as Stephen said, it is part four of the Obi-Wan Kenobi series. This was directed by Deborah Chow, and it was also written as last week's episode by... Joby Harold, Hassan Amini, and Stuart Beatty. Now, in this episode, Obi-Wan plots a mission. I gotta say the best thing about this episode, it was short, sweet, told the story, and we were done. That was the best thing? Well, Tom, there was a lot of great stuff in this episode. Okay, there there was a lot of great (laughs) stuff, but I've always said the one thing I like about these series being on Disney+, Plus or being this way, is you basically can tell the story you want to tell. You don't have to worry about commercials. You don't have to worry about a time limit that you have to come in at this time. You let the story tell itself, and then you're done. Yeah, and you're, I mean, you're right. This was a thing. Yeah, Stephen. I, I just I think the biggest thing is you don't have to worry about you know stormtroopers being worried about people with four legs. It's just not not one of their concerns, no. right? No, oh, absolutely not. Oh yeah, we will we will get to that scene. We will get to that scene. But I can. Uh, yeah, uh, that that'll be. I think we're gonna have a fight for uh, the Womp Rat ratings. Who can uh, who can get to it first? But um, <laughs> okay. So yeah, last, we'll, we'll get there. Last week, though, we were talking about Obi Wan's shoulder and how bad it was. And in this episode, it's it's pretty bad. He got burned pretty dang bad. And yes, he's in Bacta because Bacta solves mm-hmm. everything. Thank you, Bacta. Um, but. Uh, I don't know. It, it it didn't look like he finished the treatment, and so <laughs> I guess I guess we'll see how injured his shoulder is in the future. Yeah, I have a feeling they may they may leave this as a scar unseen in uh, episode four. I think it's ex- I think it's exactly what yeah. it's going to be. I think he's going to like, oh yeah yeah. If he'd taken off his his robe, you would have seen his 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 shoulders all scarred. But you know, mm. it, it works. It but, works. But. But think about let, let's go a little bit deep on this one. Think about the mental scar that yes. started at this point. Yes, because that 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 to, to see him in the back to tank struggling and going through all the memory flashback of what's going on, and then I'm sitting here today at work going, they're really making Vader so brutal mm-hmm. in in these episodes, and to have Obi Wan relive that and the brutality, you can now see why at some point. Um, Owen Lars sits there and goes, uh, well, uh, he's, he's a crazy old kook. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he's not, he doesn't seem crazy yet, but like, I also At do, this I don't, point. I don't, I mean, maybe, you know, maybe, maybe they will try to show us. I don't, I don't think they will though. I think that's Owen trying to, I really think that's Owen just trying to dissuade Luke from talking with Obi-Wan by saying he's a crazy old man yep. out in the, the desert. I don't think Obi-Wan's, actually crazy and i don't think they'll they'll make him crazy in this show but well he will have to deal with a lot of the trauma we've already seen him dealing through dealing with a lot of the trauma so far 
Right. And I I loved how in the 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 back to tank scene you had the nice parallel of Obi-Wan recovering from his the burnt his burned shoulder remembering his duel with vader while you know also intercutting with vader in a back to tank remembering you know uh the past as well and it's just it's it it's so well done where you go back and forth Mm -hmm. between the two and get the parallels where master and apprentice are both they're both injured from their duels with each other and they're both in back to it's it's a great way to start the episode and it leaves a hell of a scar on both of them. It does. A mental scars, physical and mental scar as well. Yeah. Now oh, yeah. we got a name drop of the planet Jabim in the last episode, but this is our first time actually seeing it. We've seen it in the comics, uh, but this is the first time seeing it on the screen. And we get actually we're basically taken to the end of the path, uh, the 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 underground railroad for Jedi. Um, Steven, what did you think of, of Jabim and the introduction of Roken? The, I who kind of runs it. I was actually a little disappointed we saw it, Jabim so quickly. Yeah. Um, mm. Having it be this kind of like, uh, you know, underground railroad, end of the path kind of vibe. I was, I think I wanted to be a little bit more, uh, see, have the, I don't know, a little more grandeur to it maybe, or um, have it be a bigger deal. And as it is, it feels kind of small to me mm-hmm. like we've got the couple of people there but it doesn't feel as impactful as i imagined it would be mm-hmm. uh, and it i guess i kind of wanted as one of the things i thought i think would have been better if they'd saved it for um i don't know a different show like i mean rebels is over but i feel like it would have fit really well in rebels to have that you know show up there or i don't know and it, maybe that's because i didn't ever read the comics that jabim apparently was part of so that that mm-hmm. may be what's coloring my desire to see more here well maybe the point was it was just starting out even though they had a lot of people feeding through it you also don't want to call attention to yourself so to have a lot of people there probably wouldn't be the smartest idea this way if they kept it small and let's say um inconspicuous Mm -hmm. it would be easier to bug out if they needed to yeah that's the sense i got is it's supposed to be intentionally very very small uh i thought Roken's character, I hope we get more on him. He's a very interesting guy, uh, played by O'Shea Jackson Jr. He 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 runs the path, and we get a hint of his backstory where you know Obi-Wan is talking about how he, he's lost so much and what it's like being hunted as a Jedi. And Roken basically says, I know my wife was a Jedi too. We thought she'd yep. be safe, and she wasn't. It's a really cool backstory and explanation for why Roken would be risking his life to save other Jedi like his his wife. It's a really cool concept. It it opens up some interesting questions too, because that makes me wonder when he met his wife as well. Uh, was his wife, you know, a Padawan, and they met after she left on the run, or was she, you know, a knight at some point uh, that I don't know, maybe went the way of Anakin a little bit and was. Well, I, I was. I got a better one now that you bring this up. Let's throw a complete monkey wrench in this. Who's to say it's not um, um, the sister? But on boom, that he's talking about lost his wife doesn't necessarily mean that he lost his wife due to, let's say, the Inquisitor found her. Let's say he lost his wife due to the uh, pull of the dark side. Interesting. That would uh, be an interesting twist. 
Yeah. It would I'm just now it would be a twist. Yeah. I'm just now picturing a, a scene later on in the show where uh he tells Obi-Wan this and he's like, You told me your wife was good. He's like, No, I lost her. It was true from a certain point of view. Yes. Oh, and that's Obi-Wan's a great like, line. I should <laughs> <Exactly>. remember that <laughs> one. Yeah. yeah. How yeah. to lie to Luke. Yeah. Check. That's interesting, Tom. I hadn't thought about that. I think it's an interesting idea. Yeah, yeah I kind of read that as his wife is um he he met her post order 66 and mm-hmm. she eventually revealed that she was a former jedi and they thought they could keep it hidden and then the empire came and hunted them down and and killed her anyway um <clears throat> but yeah you know i i like that i like that theory i don't know how they'd fit it into the last uh, uh you know couple episodes but i i like the theory they they have a few things have to fit into the last couple episodes, and who knows? Maybe that last episode could be an hour and a half. Like I said, it's true. If it they've be. got a story to tell, yeah, they it, could, pull it could a, be the longest episode out yeah, of them all. Yeah, they, yeah, uh, that I could I could see that. Um, yeah. but this really all you know, Obi Wan he's determined to go rescue Leia because um, we see her. She was kidnapped at the end of. The last episode, it wasn't really clear, uh, but it turns out she was indeed kidnapped by um, by Riva and is being interrogated on the Fortress Inquisitorius on Nur. And so, this Obi Wan and Roken and uh, Tala basically hatch a plan to go and save her. Uh, before we get into the infiltration, though, I want, did want to talk about Leia's interrogation because there's some parallels to the sequel trilogy as well as the original trilogy. Um, so, you know, they're initially Reva's interrogator and kind of tries the quote unquote nice route. And for a moment, I don't know about you guys. I thought almost Leia was going to give a fake planet name again. Yeah. <laughs> right. Did yeah. Guys, I, 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 was I, really, sense? I was expecting it as well. I'm glad she didn't yes. because mm-hmm. it would have been, too Way much. too much, yeah. but yeah, yes, there there would have been a grown factor to it if that happened. Yeah, but I was I was with you, William. I thought she was going to do the same thing. Instead, she's like, "Well, can I just call my father first? We're all on the same side, right?" Which was yeah, yeah, kind of funny. So uh, speaking of, uh-huh. I'm I I'm a little confused, and I'm go ahead. So we I think we've established at this point that Riva and the Inquisitors. I'm just going to say they're not good people. Is that is that a fair description? I think like, that's, you know, I think it's Reva fair. It might be a little bit of an understatement, I, I but think, I think it's fair. Yeah. She, I, mean, I, I, I mainly think you can say that. Her, we've mainly seen her and the Inquisitors on, like, Tatooine, but we've seen, like, the Grand Inquisitor on other planets. Um, and we know they're, they're pretty ruthless, right? They mm-hmm. don't have a lot of, like, oh, that's not allowed, therefore I'm not going to do it. Yeah, there's no and overwatch. at this point... They have pretty strong evidence that links Leia and Kenobi together. And if, like, the whole point of this was to try and lure out Kenobi through Bale, I'm, I don't understand why the, the kid gloves were ever on to begin with and why this doesn't really mess up. Like, why would Leia ever be allowed to become a senator if they didn't just execute her outright? Like, they clearly don't mind killing children, so... 
the restraint me, here confuses me, given how yeah, closely she's now tied. That's a good point. So here, here's my theory, and I'd love to hear your thoughts. In A New Hope, you know, we have that scene where, uh, you know, Grand Moff Tarkin and the other Imperial officers are, are, are talking, and, you know, Vader walks into the room, and they're talking about how only then had the uh had the the empire the emperor dissolved the senate completely and he they even make a comment about how you know he's just like how will the emperor maintain maintain control without the bureaucracy and that leads me to suspect that maybe you know like we like to think the empire emperor already has this iron grip on the galaxy but maybe he's still a little bit afraid. He knows he needs to keep up the charade. He can't just go kill senators or senators' daughters overtly because that could start an insurrection. And instead, he has they have to kind of play along. And even if they suspect Bale, even if they suspect Leia, um, you I, know, like, like at the beginning of A New Hope, right? They all know Leia has the Death Star plans. But they're sure pretending... I- like you know, no, oh, but they're not this pretending. Is a, this is a, hope, right? this, well, oh. this, I mean, it's like she's like, oh, this is a consular ship, you know. Uh, um, and so there's a whole bunch of charades happening, and they're kind of going through the motions. Both sides know they're lying, but they're still going through the motions. And mm. I suspect maybe that's it. Where they know Bale is 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 involved, they they know Leia is probably a sympathizer, even as far back as now. But they can't stop her from being a senator, otherwise that would kind of blow their cover. And yeah, they couldn't maintain don't. control. That's my theory. I, I don't quite buy it, but I I suspect that's probably the best answer we will get in this show, at least. I'm trying to think if it was ever covered in one of the books. And for the I mean, life of me, I'm trying to remember. So we I'm know. I'm trying to remember if it was or not. We know Bale at least plays it very, very safe. There's the kind of young adult uh, Leia novel that came out. Um, I think, was it Claudia Gray who I believe wrote it? I may be wrong. Um, oh, I just put it on my bookshelf. Yeah, I think it's Leia, Princess of Alderaan. I don't know what you're talking correctly. about. And it's, she yeah. wants to be involved and is having trouble doing so. And Bale is very clearly playing it very, very safe, which mm-hmm. you know goes along with, you know he's under suspicion, but they don't know for sure um right which certainly fits like you know he's basically under suspicion from the moment he joins the what is the group in like the episode three deleted scenes like the oh the delegation the, of uh the three thousand hours yeah oh yeah <laughs> 13 three thousand thirteen same thing um so there's he's clearly under suspicion just for that i just have trouble seeing hey you helped one of or like you clearly were in contact or were involved with the most famous, well, I guess second most famous remaining Jedi Master alive, I I have trouble picturing any world where the Empire is like, nah, that's not, we're not cool with that. Sorry. I don't. Know. We can. It, it's a separate topic in a lot of ways. I think uh, this interrogation sequence is, it raises a lot of those questions for me. I don't understand why the the kid gloves are on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, but there was a certain point in which the kid gloves came off, and Reva did try to use, you know, the, yeah. the force on her to try and pull it out. That brings so, me to my second question. Okay, so so I'm uh, I'm happy I brought that part up. So let's hear this one. Yeah. Uh. So 
so this entire interrogation is going on. My question, which I'm glad the show does, I think I'm glad the show handles is, okay, great. We've already established Reva is at least a Jedi that has the, I can suck knowledge out of your mind, uh, like power, whatever we want to call it. Kylo Ren's ability. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which, and I'm going to, for the sake of Star Wars as a whole, I'm going to assume it's not a universal ability that like Vader doesn't necessarily have the ability to do this. Like it's, Mm -hmm. uh, it I think causes a lot of problems otherwise if that's not the case. Let's assume for a moment that Reva is the only one who does. Um, it, why does it not work on Leia? Because she's strong with the Force, but they don't know it. But, like, so then if they encounter other people mm-hmm. who are able to resist it, they just assume all of those people are strong with the Force? Like, I, again, think of it more like it doesn't work on everyone. You know, uh, it's just, and, and maybe it's just random. Well, I it, it's kind of like mind well, tricks well, don't don't work on everyone, right? They, I'm a Tudarian. Mind tricks yeah, don't work yeah. on me. Only money. Yeah, so the uh, uh, question of you know maybe it doesn't work on the strong-minded. Yeah, exactly. But it works mm-hmm. on Poe. So is Poe weak-minded? Well, and I guess there's a I'm, question of is okay. What's the power well, differential, right? Because Riva may not be as powerful, and so versus like Kylo Ren, who is very powerful, and so. Mm-hmm. You know, Leia mm-hmm. may be able to stand up to Reva's power level, but she wouldn't be able to, you know, stop a Kylo Ren, for example. So, Whereas it, maybe Poe could had no hope against Kylo Ren. That's my theory. Right. I accept this, but only if we get to quantify the power levels of everyone involved here, because <laughs> it 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 just it doesn't work if we don't know the exact number out of I don't know like thirty thousand on <laughs> yeah it's like your midichlorian it's, count. It's, like it's, how it's many midichlorian count? Oh god, midichlorian count. <laughs> well, okay. Well, let's let's take it from another perspective. Maybe it's a thing to where you have to be better trained in doing it, and she's just not well trained in the you know ability to pull a suggestion out of somebody i mean it doesn't sound like when it comes to the inquisitors she's got the power but she's reckless compared to the other ones they have to try and reel her in so she is a wild card when it comes to the force and maybe this is something that she thinks she's strong in but she doesn't know enough of it to make it work yeah it could be experience it could be yeah Strength it in the force. Anything. It could be a number of factors yeah. that I do, though. Like that, I don't, I don't necessarily think it's something where oh, just because you can resist it, you're 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 force sensitive, right? But you know, yeah. uh, the other thing though is like you know, Leia does have the force, Poe doesn't. Um, mm. You know, so maybe that did have something to do with it and how strong your I, your mind is. I don't know, but um, I I don't think it can be that though because. If if that is the case, that implies should imply to the Inquisitors, or at least Ariva, who's familiar with this ability, that Lei is strong with the Force, and everything we've seen says if that's the case, she's either dead, yeah, or uh, she's an Inquisitor. No, to- totally agree. I think it has to be. I think it has to be like pure. I don't know. I don't think it can be. Oh, the only way you can stand up to it is with the Force. I think it's if you're strong-minded. Mm-hmm. And or have in the force helps reinforce the strength of your mind type of thing, but doesn't necessarily isn't necessarily the only indicator. Um, mm. So I don't know. It's it's it is a it's interesting. 
It it, it's a legitimate question, but also realize if Reva was able to pull out that she was force sensitive, well, then there goes the rest of the movies. Right. Yeah. So they can't yeah. do that. But I do like the nod that, yeah, you know, Leia is more than she seems, even if they we don't get an explicit explanation for right. that. And on top of that, she's a stubborn kid. Very yes. headstrong. So that's another thing that may not work in Reva's favor because she's going up against a 10-year-old who's strong-willed and stubborn. Yep. I doubt even Obi-Wan would be able to handle her. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I do give points to Reva as well for taking, like, she ta- she has the kid gloves, she takes the kid gloves off, and she's just, you know, kind of a jerk. Uh, and then yeah. she takes the jerk gloves off and goes straight to, like, I don't know what to call it. Maybe Anakin. I think I just she goes straight to the Anakin level of like, great, not working. Torture the child. I mean, <laughs> oh yeah, gosh. yeah, she's, that, she's that was... lucky that Obi-Wan tried to stage a rescue because it got really down to the wire Mm-mm. there. Um, speaking of which, let's let's talk about the infiltration of the fortress. Very Jedi Fallen Order inspired. Uh, the game room oh, yeah. loved this. Like it's so many scenes are taken straight out of Jedi Fallen Order. Going back to the question, I think from last week of, well, are they brain- taking it from the game, or was the game in development at the same time the show was in concept phase and they they uh, uh, reused concept art? I don't know, um, but really Wait. cool to see. Timeline wise, is this does this uh, does well, I'm blanking? Can does Kenobi take place after or before Fallen Order? After. Interesting. Okay. So at this point, you'd think after having been infiltrated once, they, they would, would they up, would think close the underwater the defenses. Well, you know, the first time Cal went in by himself, but the second time Tala had to actually, you know, unlock stuff. So okay, maybe... hang on. I, okay. You, okay. You vote. You yeah, activated okay. my pet peeve. Okay. And <laughs> okay. Go. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I have so, so first, Tala. Steve. Tala arrives. She's the one who's going to kind of infiltrate. Uh, as in her under her imperial officer cover, and you know, uh, attempt to you know clear the way for Obi Wan, open up the doors, unlock the pads, you know, all that type of nonsense. And I was, when she first arrived and started going through, I was prepared to be like, okay, I can accept that she can do this because maybe she was assigned here and that was part of her role. Um, but she explicitly confirms in this episode that she was ex- assigned to I can't even remember the name of the planet, the planet from the previous episode. Mm-hmm. Started with an Mapuzo. M. Mapuzo, thank you. So why is it that like the Empire security seems to be, oh, are you an Imperial officer? Great, good to go. Very reminiscent of like that scene from I think it was the first season of The Mandalorian, where it's like, ah, you need to remove your helmet. Do you have a face? Great. You are cleared to activate this room or whatever it was he was doing. Mm-hmm. What is okay. the Empire security? She explicitly should not have had any standing in that base. And like, sure, if this were a normal Imperial Army base, I might accept that, you know, oh, she's an officer. An officer could be anywhere. But she's like in a specialist branch of like, you know, the Fortress Inquisitorius. Mm -hmm. Why does she have access to anything? And why is no one suspicious of like, hey, why are you here? To be fair, they were very suspicious. Okay. Okay, okay, wait, 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 wait. First off, I think the the biggest suspicion was when she pulled rank on the guy. Okay, look, even though he was a lower rank and he's sitting here in part of security 
it doesn't matter. You may have a higher rank, but if you don't produce the proper certificate to get through my door, even though you're saying you've got something to say, you've got the the special thing to deliver. Because like the rank part, that rank is rank anywhere. And I, I, I can accept that the empire, which rules through fear and, you know, not wanting to piss off your superior, that part I buy. Got it. It's the rest of it where people are questioning her what like, and she's got access to their computers for some reason and all these different pieces. I was like, shouldn't, I feel like your security should be better. I'm not saying (laughs) you need to have perfect security. Clearly the empire has lots of holes, but a starting place would be like, Hey, only people assigned to this base are allowed to go through the door. Right. And, And this is where I get on the security thing. It's like, he should have at least sat there and put somebody on her or walked with her or at least given some kind of thing yeah. that here's here's this person that came out of nowhere who's going to be walking onto this base, who's going to be sitting down on a console with another officer walking around and keeping an eye on everybody on those consoles. And she picks up a communicator that's right out of episode four and and just like is talking under her breath in a very quiet room. I have to say that the biggest, the the biggest the failure flag. was the officer next to her that did, wasn't suspicious. <laughs> Yes, uh, that yeah. to me was the biggest red flag and just kept walking. Yeah, yeah. It, it's a perfect example of like, I, I also found that ridiculous. It wouldn't have been an issue if they'd made that room a little bit louder. Like, yeah. then I could believe, but it's it's deathly silent when she walks in and she's clearly talking secretively. Just, yeah. What are you doing, Fortress Inquisitorious? <laughs> like, where where are your priorities? Basic yeah. security. Yeah. I mean. At this point, why not just fish them? You know, like, hi, uh, Grand Inquisitor. My name is, uh, oh, I don't know, Obi-Wan or Ben Snowmobi. I am a prince of Alderaan and I need 10,000 credits. Please tell me what your security passcode is. Like, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Um, No, I I get it. I get it. It's the other thing that the other thing about the scene, it for me, if that scene was shorter it would have added more tension to that, but because it just kept going on and on and on, then it was like, yeah, this is just, it, 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 it went five minutes too long because the tension was gone. If, if it was shorter and there was more people staring at her, then it just got to a point where it just got a little ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, it's you guys aren't wrong. I, I, I say I will say I enjoyed the sequence and it's fun to see him sneaking in, but it was a little bit on the easy side. And yeah, uh, the, the Obi-Wan part, I didn't mind nearly as much. And I thought that did work pretty well right. as he's sneaking. I, that part, was, I agree with you. It was purely uh, Tala's role and the lack of common sense. You know, yeah. or uh, Tom, you'll appreciate this. I know, but it it, it has some vague. uh Reminiscence and I don't know that like it reminds me I should say of like uh, Robin Hood Men in Tights where he <laughs> yes. pulls out the book and is like wait a minute that can't yep. be right it says here that I win like yes. it has like tall like no 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 it, the script tells me that I'm allowed to sneak in here and get Kenobi through so you all are obligated to not investigate what I'm doing even though I'm clearly suspicious thank you yep. goodbye <laughs> yes and even and, and even even the part like I said the callback to Episode Four where she has to walk away from the console and the, and the communicator's there. And you can hear there's a voice in the communicator in this very quiet room. 
Yeah, I will say Star Wars has a Star Wars. Uh, the tech in Star Wars has a problem where they're always on speakerphone, and yep. um, so you know it, it almost messes. Gets Tala in big trouble. It almost gets Obi Wan in big trouble because Tala is trying to speak with him and he's sneaking through the hallways, and stormtroopers are hearing Tala over his his comlink, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, it's. Constant problems. Although I did like the nod to A New Hope, where he used the Force to distract the stormtroopers. Yes. uh, And 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 you could tell it was a struggle for him. Yeah. That was the best thing about it. You could tell it was the struggle for him to use the Force. Yeah. So you could see, yeah, it it, it was very good. Yeah. And there was also some nice tension where, you know, Obi-Wan's sneaking down the hallways, just barely avoiding stormtroopers and seeker droids and... I thought I was, it was all very well shot. Yeah. You know, it's, and, and not just shot, like the lighting in this episode is phenomenal too, especially later on when Obi-Wan has his lightsaber, uh, you know, uh, lit and uh, the lighting is just, wow. Some of the best lit star Wars I've seen. It looks, mm-hmm. every frame looks gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. The the most I think the bit so, I mean, a lot of this is like fairly by the numbers right um the the episode enjoyable but you know Obi Wan they plot their plan their mission they get in they find Le- Leia they escape right kind of by the numbers but the biggest surprise for me was Obi Wan's discovery in the secure sector. And I want to get your guys' thoughts on this because Obi-Wan gets into the bowels of the Fortress Inquisitorius and discovers rows and rows of Jedi preserved in these amber slabs. So fascinating. What are they doing? Are are they alive? Are they dead? What what do you think they're using these Jedi for? Is it trophies? Is it research? Steven, what what do you think? I suspect it's research. So I was also really fascinated by it at first. I, I was hoping that because they kept panning over the faces of the various, you know, people Mm -hmm. who are captured here. I think they're dead. I assume they're dead. Um, at first, I thought maybe this was captured Jedi, and we were going to get, um, we'd see some famous face or something like that. There is a, a known face in here, which we'll talk about in a moment. But none of, there's no big, like, oh, I can't believe that person's in there. Right. Um, which I think was a little disappointing. It makes it, the fact that their trophies work a little bit less well, because they're just, they're just a bunch of people. It makes me wonder if this is meant to be a, uh, a staging ground or an early part of the um, like clone Jedi research that we know is going to eventually like hint at the Mandalorian eventually shows up in um, uh, what do you call it? Snoke. Like since we assume right. clone, Snoke is a clone Jedi of some kind. So that that's my guess is this is just a, a, a reference to that or, a, you know, showing the starting ground. Like, Oh, this is where they got the starting genetic material or something along those lines. Um, but yeah, it's a fascinating sequence. I, I wish they'd given us a little bit more detail. I think for me, it was the horror of it mm-hmm. to go through each one of those. And you want to talk about lighting? 
the the lighting inside these amber coffins or caskets, whatever you want to call it, was outstanding because you could see the horror on the faces, especially that yeah. youngling. Looked like he was almost running, yeah. and it was like almost he was running out. Helmet and, and all. It's just, yeah, uh, helmet I'm sure Vader, you know, comes down there often and is like, yes, that was the youngling. Oh, that was a good time. Good time. Yeah. <laughs> Did you guys notice the first, the first person we saw, though, in the amber slab? I thought this was just so cool. I Sad. missed it. I missed it oh. until I read it. Jedi Master Tara Sanube from the Clone Wars. Yeah. Loved that touch. I, I looked at the other ones. The rest of the Jedi didn't seem that recognizable or notable, hmm. but we got Tara Sanube from Lightsaber Lost in the Clone Wars, uh, who, yeah. who, who helps Ahsoka uh, with her lightsaber. Uh, such a cool reference. And poor Master yeah. Sanube. Yeah, he taught uh, Ahsoka patience. Boy, he's got a lot of it now. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, okay, so also, Tom, the scene yes. where Tala interrupts Reva right before she can finish torturing, she can she can torture Leia. Uh, mm-hmm. what, are your, what are your thoughts on their interaction? First time Tala has faced Reva. The thing I appreciated was she basically told Riva exactly how she felt. And it's like, you know what? It's like she told Obi-Wan, this is not the empire I signed up for. And it's one of those in which there are people within that organization that don't agree with it. And they're going to do something about it. And Tala appeared to be the one very brave to stand up to it and just tell her like it is. So. Yeah. I mean, the Riva definitely didn't trust Tala, rightly so. Riva's no. smart to not trust Tala, uh, but I love how Tala tried to um, throw it back at Riva and be like, "Well, yes, I am a traitor because I'm a traitor to the path. You know, I'm really a, an imperial uh-huh. officer who's integrated the, you know, who's infiltrated the path so that I can report back to the Empire. And yes, I am a traitor. That's why." Um, and I, yeah. I just want to say, I thought that was ridiculous, and I was really glad Reva didn't buy it for a single second. <laughs> yes, like after all the other kind of like weird uh moments in this episode, I was glad at least this one was like, nope, that was the correct response. Thank you for not being that ridiculous. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah, no, I, I completely agree. Reva was smart. Had Reva fallen for it, that I would have rolled my eyes, but the fact that she didn't, and she's like, I don't really know whether you're telling the truth or not. But you're coming with me was uh, was great. Um, the the only weird part was you know when the alarms went off, she just left Tala in the room by herself with a couple stormtroopers. But you know, easy to easy to take out. Yeah, they're easy. To, I mean, stormtroopers maybe are easy to get rid of nowadays. A little too easy, I would say as well. Yeah, like Tala just like punches them in the face with her bare fist, and it just that clocks them out apparently, which. Also felt well, a little uh, convenient to me. Well, you also have to understand, I think we found out within the Mandalorian, the Stormtrooper armor is a lot different than the Clone Trooper armor, which makes it a lot easier to fall apart. Or in but, this case, you punch him in the it, face, it knocks him out. So I, I accept that Stormtrooper armor is inferior and is not very good. 
Um, I accepted that like it's cheaply made and it's why it doesn't really stop blaster bolts. Mm-hmm. But I'm sorry, if you can't stop someone punching you once and not even like a wound up punch, just like a normal punch, what, like what's the purpose of it beyond looking cool, I guess? It just, uh, it was a, like I agree with you, William, this episode was really well lit and shot generally. This was a sequence where I was like that, this should have been refilmed. Like you could, yeah. I could accept there's a version of this that is better. This was not it. <sighs> Man, we feel a little, uh, I feel like we're a little harsh on this episode. Uh, well, <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm, really, I'm coming down a little on the hard side. Okay, but wait, but wait. I, uh... there, there, was, there was some good things. I mean, you have to admit, when they were going through the tunnel that's underneath the water, that whole thing about the the blaster bolts hitting the glass, okay? And that, to me, was a pretty cool, like, tense spot. It's like, okay, how are we going to be able to sit here and get them out before all that water comes in? And to see Obi-Wan literally struggle to keep that glass from breaking until the right moment to where he's got enough of the stormtroopers in and purge troopers, by the way, to get into the corridor. I mean, that was another spot in which you get to see Obi-Wan struggling to use the force again. Yeah, I, I did. I did like that a lot. The it, it was ripped straight out of Jedi Fallen Order. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think there's literally a scene where, you know, the the window breaks and the water rushes in and that sort of thing. Um, so in, in many ways, this episode kind of felt like a repeat of Jedi Fallen Order from the infiltration to the uh torture chamber to the everything you know it's very similar in some ways but um the uh uh, i i did i did i did like seeing that the one weird piece and i I guess this is where it's my turn to be slightly critical was obi-wan telling tala to get leia out of there and then tala just walking like 10 feet and standing at the end of the hall waiting for obi-wan to deal with the water okay was it was it was it it really 10 feet or could it been like maybe no no it wasn't even that far and yes like no this was it was this literally the same thing that happened the previous episode go leia run I, I'm going to stand right here and not do anything that we just talked about because why would I want to get to safety? Oh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Which leads us to, I think, to, uh, uh, Stephen, your favorite part. When they, oh, I mean, they um, get away from the stormtroopers, they, you know, they redirect the water toward them. They get outside and it's like, we need to get across this landing pad. How are we going to do it? Well, clearly, uh, it's we'll just not possible. We'll grab, we'll grab a baggy well, coat and hide Leia under it. So, first question: Where did that coat come from? Good point. Like, uh, the Tala Imperial picks it up closet. like off the off the ground. Um, which fine, I accept that there was some clothing on the ground, but like they're in a base that's under underwater and and otherwise covered. Like most people don't wear like heavy trench coats. And no one else in that entire episode I see wearing. Yeah. But yes, and then he he hides Leia under the trench coat. Not even like having her like, you know, hold on around his chest and he just looks, you know, slightly larger, but like full blown. Hmm. Yes, I would like one movie ticket to this adult (laughs) movie, please. Like, 
<sighs> yeah, it, it kind of the, the jacket kind of reminded me something out of Solo. Remember when you had um, uh, the characters get onto the planet? I got I love the movie and I can't remember, but with John Favreau's character who had that big trench coat on and the mask that remind that jacket reminded me of that scene from solo but also i've seen memes from like you know monty python thing to where you see john cleese in a, in a jacket that big or i think there there's the joke of um you know snow white and the seven dwarfs where you have a dwarf on top of each other with a big coat and then you've got uh recess i think did the same thing so i've seen many memes out there basically just make fun of that thing and the other thing about it is you've got everybody running one direction Yet here you have two people mm-hmm. going in the opposite direction, and that does not call attention to them at all. I it was I'm trying to say if, la- I, it was if I can say that was the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen out of Star Wars. It might be close, honestly. Oh, uh, I, I laughed. I, I mean, yes, it's ridiculous. And it's kind of hilarious to that that you know shot on the side or you just see like four legs going underneath the coat. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I guess if you don't look too closely, it works, you know, f- uh, for Obi Wan. But uh, it also I doesn't last. It also doesn't just last don't look long. The uh, no. The other thing that bothered me is the base at that point is very clearly on high alert, and I just feel like okay, I, I let's say I'm a stormtrooper. Let's say even for a moment, I don't even know that the base has been in like who's infiltrated the base. But we know we're on high alert. Something has happened. And I see two people going away from the center of the base, wearing clothes that most people are not wearing. And one of them very clearly has a small child hiding under the the coat. Like, no, really? No one stopped them? Like, Reva does. Like, this, I feel like this episode is actually pretty good for Reva, because, like, Apparently, by comparison, she is like a shining star of the Fortress Inquisitorius. Like, no wonder she's mm-hmm. doing so well for herself if this is the type of uh, troops and people she works with. I mean, if you think about it, it's a bunch of like reject Jedi, you know, that were like, you know, they, they were either Jedi who turned to the dark side uh, or they were, um, you know, found as kids and but not really trained because they don't really want them to be as like Sith, you know, they just kind of like want to be Sith, Sith wannabes really. And so I guess I'm not surprised that the, mm-hmm. the, the inquisitors and the, the, the stormtroopers guarding the inquisitors are kind of like the, the B, the B soldiers. <laughs> it's yeah. the B. Well, no, I, th- I think in this case it could be the C, the C- team. A little the bit C lower. team. <laughs> C team. Yeah. The C team. Oh Yeah. Um, I, I, I feel like we're being harsh, but no, I, 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 I enjoyed the episode, uh, quite a bit overall. Uh, go ahead, Steven. And then I'll, then I'll say, but I'll say my piece. Go ahead. We, I think we are being a little, but I also feel I, this is probably my least favorite episode of the four we've had thus far. And I agree. There were parts of it that are definitely enjoyable and I didn't like hate watching it. Um, but there's like three or four very clear, like, I, I feel like someone should have caught this at the script point or in like shooting or in editing. And I don't feel like the episode has anything big enough that like, uh, helps alleviate that. So like, even in the previous Mm. episode, which I, I was also the most negative of the three of us on, like 
despite all the issues, like the Vader sequence is really, really well done. Mm -hmm. This episode doesn't Mm. have that. It's missing the like uh, the really, really cool scene that helped be like, yeah, I mean, that was weird. But the rest of it was good. The rest of it was fine. There wasn't anything that I feel like stood out. And like, as another right. example, I really wanted like, you know, we get the T forty seven airspeeders showing up to save the day. Yeah. But that entire sequence just leaves me with more questions. How did they get that close? Where did they go? Why mm. is the shot of like the airspeeder and Reva shoot like blocking the shots so weird? Like when it's like yeah. I feel yeah, away, some of the CG geez. was was weird on that. I, I love seeing the T forty sevens, but yeah. Yeah. And it was and and I, and I think it was I could tell they were going for a very cinematic shot because um, mm. it is it is a cool shot in theory. It just ends up looking a little ridiculous when it's that close. But you need to be that close to get the details to come out. Like if it was a little farther away, I don't think it would have been an issue at all. But having it be that tight where like mm. it looks like Reba could like reach out and touch the airspeeder. And it's just like, right. why? Also, why well, it- does the Fortress Inquisitors not have any TIE fighters or other hangars or anyone who's interested in stopping ships from showing up. Oh, there were TIE fighters, remember, because when Talia you saw the TIE fighters on the ceiling. But on top of that, why weren't there any like laser uh, ion cannons even protecting it yeah. before you had to launch a TIE fighter? To be fair, I my, think... My biggest thing about it... Uh-huh. Okay, my biggest thing about this was, was we were talking about Reva and the T-47. It was the hover part of it that bothered me. Where it literally is just sitting there, and I understand keep Reva busy, but it was the hover part of it where it's like right in front of her the whole time, just hovering, and you're like that. That to me just that to me didn't work. I, okay, they hover, but just to stay stationary and that close just did not work for me. Yeah, no, I I think um, I believe Roken said earlier in the episode that they they don't have a lot of exterior defenses for the Fortress Inquisitorius because they just they think it's impenetrable and that no one will try. Um, I think clearly it's not impenetrable based on the current <laughs> discussion, but yeah, um, you know I I could see that they, you know that's probably why they don't have any exterior defenses and why they're able to so easily escape. Um, but I don't know. Um, can I, can I, can I, can I bring up one more thing though? And I, I, I have to go back on this. Cause yeah. it just hit me because it's, it goes back to something Steven, you brought up in a previous episode. So let's go back to Tala coming into the fortress inquisitus and she's walking up to the scanner with the security guy there. Okay. So a while back, there was a gate that was blocking a path. Couldn't she just go around the scanner? Because in this big, uh, big hangar, you had to go through this well, scanner. Yes, but everybody else was Tom, going around Tom, it. Tom, 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 Tom. Like, you, you walk into Disney, right? You could still go yeah. around a lot of the scanners or Star Wars Celebration, but they're gonna. If you go around, they're gonna be very. They're gonna. They're gonna shoot you. Yeah, like, that, I, that one bothered me yeah. last. It's that was airport security. Yeah, you. There okay. are I ways to get around, but you just know you don't. In the sense well, of were, like, yeah. If, Okay, I'm sorry. That 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 just hit me. That whole thing just hit me. Or it's like, <laughs> it's okay. Here's this big thing that she easily could have just walked around. But you know, let's get back to the 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 T47s. You know, Obi Wan, Tala, and 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 there you go with Leia. They make their escape finally. Yeah, and um, we get the big reveal that 
that Reva has placed a tracker on them, and it's on Lola, um, mm-hmm. which you know I guess is not surprising given that Reva was holding Lola earlier in the episode. I do. Our, our friend of the show, Sean Keen, over at CNET, um, wrote something really interesting. He he brought up a good point that this might explain why Leia would assume that the Empire is tracking them in A New Hope because she has experience with the Empire placing trackers whenever you get away. I, right. I, I like that. It's a nice touch. I, yeah. I like that. It's a good, good observation, yeah. Sean. But didn't you guys like how Vader basically uh, kind of owned Reva to get that information out of her? I mean, you had for a second there, at least I had the feeling, that this was going to be one thing that was going to push Raider over the edge and, and she's gone. And you know, it's not going to be gone, gone, but there's going to be something happening to where she was literally removed from trying to do anything with Leia. Cause he just went brutal on her. He did. I, 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 I think one weird thing was after having Vader be such a big part of the last episode, really only giving him very brief scenes at the beginning in the back to tank. And then the scene at the end felt a little odd because we went from having Vader be this massive presence to him really not showing up at all until the very end. Um, Mm -hmm. And yeah, you know, Reva's it's, it's more about how Obi-Wan rescues Leia and how Reva tries to, to stop them. But um, I don't know. did, Did you guys miss Vader at all? I mean, I think Vader is best used sparingly. Yeah. Um, yeah. I do. I think I would have preferred him to not be in this episode at all, honestly. I think it would have, the ending would have worked just fine without Vader being threatening. Um, so, yeah, I would have just left him and, until later when I'm sure he'll show up again. Yeah, I think I, I think for me, this was Reva's episode. And at the end, they could have had, you know, the 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 fifth brother basically give her a drill down again, thinking that if you're going to be the Grand Inquisitor, this is another one of your things that went wrong. And, you know, I'm going to go tell Vader that this is what happened. And then right when he's getting ready to leave, she'll sit there and say, yeah, but realize that I'm tracking them to kind of make him go. Oh, yeah. I mean, Steve and I agree with you. I think I, I think after seeing Vader in last episode, in this one, it probably would have been best to just leave this as an Inquisitor thing and then leave Vader out of it. So. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I agree. You know, Vader is yeah. used, best used sparingly. Yeah, um, and especially the episode where you, where you see him completely brutal when, when he was having that fight with Obi-Wan. That was like the best. I think with this one, like I said, this really was a Reva episode and the drill down should have come from the, the, the brother. Yeah. You know, one more note before we get into our final review, I was, I was kind of reflecting on Obi-Wan and, and, and Leia's relationship in this series. And I, I realized something that I hadn't really thought about before. And that's that while, you know, in the, in legends, Luke names his son, Ben, because 
uh, he has this very close relationship with Obi-Wan for a brief time, you know, and then Obi-Wan appears to him later, and it's a nod to his, his master, really. In the sequel trilogy, Luke doesn't have, you know, a son, and so the name Ben is given to uh, to Leia's, Han and Leia's son, which makes sense, sort of, in that maybe she's paying you know, an homage to Luke's master, but Leia didn't ever I, really know Obi-Wan at all. You know? Uh, that's a good point. I don't actually like this theory. You don't? Okay, because I was going to say, I, you so, know, this is the first time in this, in this series Leia and, and Ben actually meet, and Leia gets to know him, right. and maybe that's why she named her son Ben, or she just liked the name, you know, but um, well, I think it's better than... I feel like this is better than saying, well, my brother's master was named Ben and he died before I really ever met him. So I'm going to rest on that. So I'm drawing a little bit. I believe it was either one of the writers or one of the directors uh, did an interview where they talked about, um, you know, I think they were talking specifically about the Grand Inquisitor and basically promising like, no, like we have meant to be true with existing canon. We thought about it a lot. Um, It will all make sense in the end. But one mm-hmm. of the lines, one of the thing, things that I think goes against your theory, William, is mm-hmm. that when Leia sends a message that, as far as she knows, she is sending directly to Obi-Wan Kenobi mm-hmm. in episode four, she doesn't say, Obi-Wan, you're the guy who saved my life and really had a huge impact, and thank you for that. I need your help again. Her point of reference is, you served with my father in the Clone Wars. Now I'm asking for your help. Yeah. It, that line, I feel like... In my expectation is there will be some sort of like forced memory uh, wipe or loss mm-hmm. where Leia will not remember Ben Kenobi for her own safety and for his safety and for her brother's safety. And I'm sure well, it will also, be an emotional moment where she's bonded with him. Um, and maybe she still has a positive like association with the name Ben or we'll find out sometime post episode six, the memory is restored because someone tells her about it or whatever. Um, But I don't think going into episode four, she can remember Obi-Wan Kenobi. Hmm. He needs to be a a distant figure in order for that line to really work. Uh Uh-huh. But, but also she only knows him as Ben or Ben Kenobi. So it really doesn't matter it, it, it could be one of those things where to Kenobi could be the, like a she, very common name on Alderaan. Or she doesn't Tatooine. realize that there's a Ben <laughs> Kenobi and an Obi-Wan Kenobi. <laughs> well, you never know. I mean, hey, they could be twins. I don't know. Sometime after she, A New Hope, she she makes the connection, goes, oh, they're the bingo. same. <laughs> oh, man. No, I, 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 I think I've read the same thing you did, Stephen. And, and, they they are promising that all of this will make sense in the end. And I mean, everything to be fair, that they... I, I am skeptical. We've heard that before, and Star Wars doesn't yeah. have the best track record with retcons and things like that. But for the moment, at least, I'm assuming they're going to try and walk that tightrope. But it's a good, it, yeah, that's a valid. It's a valid point. Yeah, I have faith. I I think I think somehow they'll be able to pull it off. Yeah, I. Now that we talk about it, I do think we're going to get a tearful goodbye of some kind when Leia loses her memory. And I do think we may see uh, perhaps another CGI Carrie Fisher post-episode six giving the name Ben to her son. 
I could see that as a way of ending the show and no implying no. some legacy. Yeah, you say that now, Tom. No. I mean, I also predicted Baby Yoda was going to be in the show, and I haven't been proven right yet. So. <laughs> All right, should we should we move into ratings? Let's let's yeah. do it. Uh, Tom, you want to go first? What would you rate this episode? You would have. Well, I know why you're you're making me go first. Um, I'm giving this a seven. Out of all the episodes, it it had its moments. There were some really good things, and and I know we were kind of harsh on this one, but I think because it's getting closer to the end, because there's really, what, only two episodes left. Um, this was, let's say it's, let's just say this is a typical Dave Filoni episode where it gives you the breather. Dave Filoni yeah, had nothing to do with thing. this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but... Tom, 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 no, no, no. You all know when it comes to Clone Wars. And don't put that on Dave Filoni. Episodes. He has many amazing this. episodes. I'm not putting this on Filoni. I'm saying it's... it's I it's, do not think that's a fair comparison. <laughs> <laughs> I okay. I'm gonna make the comparison, and if anybody wants to put comments in, in the Facebook, I'm gonna own this one. I'm not gonna tell anybody to edit this out. It's one of those episodes to where it's the breather episode before things start really getting moving forward. Going I'll, into I'll the grant next you that. <laughs> Okay, that's what I was going for. Okay, not putting this on anybody because look, Deborah Cho so far has been done, doing really well with the show. Same thing with the writers. Okay, and I think there was another thing I heard from a different podcast. It's going to be one of those things in which once they all get done, it does seem like this is one big, long movie. Mm -hmm. Okay. And movies have ebbs and flows. And it just so happens this was an ebb in the whole story going forward. So now we're going to start getting into the part that's going to start flowing where it's going to get faster, faster, faster. So I'm giving this a seven. And I'm going to take my seven Womp Rats. And I'm going to have these guys basically... So as Tal is walking through the security, going up to the, the, the security gate, they're the ones basically forcing her not to go around. They're the ones going to force her through the gate. Because to me, she could still easily go around and not go through that gate. So those seven Womp Rats are going to make sure she goes through that gate. And once she goes through, they go through, they get zapped. Because they're not allowed in. There you go. That was terrible. I, I own it, though. There you go. <laughs> Who's next? Tom, I know Steven, you want to go? I'm, I'm going to own it. I, so I'm going to hold William to what I told you after text. I thought this was an average episode at best. Um, and if not for the trench coat sequence at the end, I think I probably would have given it a seven. Um, and that like, it was fine. It's okay. Like we get the escape. It has the same problems that I've, like enumerated on a lot in the previous episode and now in this one. Um, but it was enjoyable to watch once and I would give it a seven. But as I told you, William, that trench coat scene alone knocks a full point off for me. So I think I'm going to drop it to a six. Um, also, because I, as I said, this is my least favorite episode we've had thus far. And that puts it at my least favorite thus far. Yeah, that's true. It does. Actually, it does. So yeah. it, it works out that way. But I, you really can't think of it as a full point being deducted just for the trench coat. Um, just a good example of like literally any other choice they could have made would have been better there, I think. Um, but then I have to decide what to do with my six Womp Rats. And that's a, that's a tricky thing to do because I didn't think of it ahead of time. 
Um, but I think I'm just going to go with, uh, you know, we were wondering where all of the TIE fighters were, you know, why were there no defenses for the uh, Fortress Inquisitorious? And uh, the Womp Rats were the ready team, you know, on they were on duty. They were the ones who were supposed to be out on defenses, and they they were having fun. They were doing some, like, skiing, like water skiing behind TIE fighters out on the planet, uh, and they were just not paying attention. And so, the, you know, the Rebels were able to sneak right by, and uh, or the Path was able to sneak right by, and that's how they got in. Because they're just they just were really excited to go skiing, you know. William, you're up. <laughs> well, um, I know that was a heavy sigh. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm I'm actually surprised uh, none of you uh, did what I'm going to do. But um, you know, uh, yeah, I think the easy way out, William. Is it is it the easy way uh, out? It, it might be. It might be. Um, but no, I look, I. I thought this episode was gorgeous, beautifully shot. I thought the, I loved seeing all of the, the parallels to Jedi fallen order, even if it was at times maybe a bit too similar. Um, But that was cool. I, the, the reveal of what's in the bowels of the fortress inquisitorious with the Jedi is opens up so many questions and I'm very interested to learn more if we ever will. Um, you know, and it's nice to see, uh, I mean, they kind of had to close up, you know, wrap up how Leia gets rescued after the events of the the last episode. But overall, you know, yes, it, it felt like it was, you know, Obi-Wan yet again going to to rescue Leia. And, um, and uh, even though we got some really cool moments, um, you know, you guys were right. There wasn't anything massive or huge um not every episode needs something massive but it, it was it was fairly by the book uh at least enjoyable nonetheless um but even the even the reveal that lola as a tracker is not that earth shattering so i do think this is the calm before the storm and uh, i cannot wait to see what happens in part five uh but for this one i'm still gonna give this one uh, seven womp rats uh and my seven womp rats are um, going to go going to go in Riva's torture chamber. You thought I was going to say that they were under the trench coat, weren't you? I mean, yeah, I'm sure I have they a feeling were. somebody did they get to the torture that. room in the trench coat. Yes, they did. Okay, that's what I thought, William. That's what <laughs> okay. I thought. Oh, yes. So what, what are we reviewing next week? We're reviewing part five of uh of obi-wan kenobi yeah yeah this is the penultimate episode of the series and do you guys have any theories on what's going to happen i mean clearly they're gonna have to follow uh obi-wan will they will they will the empire go to jabim what what do you guys think yeah, I suspect we'll see Jabim again, and and Imperial assault on Jabim, the destruction of the path. Maybe I like it would be cool if we see like Quinlan Vos show up, but I would be kind of surprised. Yeah. I really am not in the mood to speculate. I'm just going to sit back and enjoy what it's <laughs> going to be. I I just I think that's probably the smarter way to go in this case. I I just want to see how it's going to work itself out. Well, uh, in that case, uh, I guess we can wrap things up for tonight. I want to thank you all for listening, as always. Um, and we'll be back next week with our review of Obi-Wan Kenobi, Part 5.
Thank you for listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast, your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. For over a decade, Ion Cannon has covered every corner of the saga, from the films and animated series like The Clone Wars and Rebels, to books, comics, games, and more. If you like what you hear, please rate us in your favorite podcast client. Your review will help this show grow within the Star Wars community. We can be found at our website, ioncannoncast.com, and you can follow us through Facebook and Twitter. To email us, you can do so at contact at ioncannoncast.com. The Ion Cannon Podcast is not associated with Lucasfilm, The Walt Disney Company, or any and all of their respective trademarks or copyright holders. Any opinion expressed on the show are that of the hosts. This podcast is a production by fans, for fans, and is copyright 2018.